Well, and the other interesting thing with that that I'm still figuring out, and, and honestly, I think my coach is with me, is that um, as I continue to age, especially as a female, and I'm not in menopause yet, but okay. um, and I'm not even perimenopausal okay. yet. However, hormones still play a factor, and they oh, yeah. are shifting. I yeah. mean, like okay. it's coming at some point, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're shifting, and that's playing a factor on my energy levels and how I feel, and also. Um, how I peak is different now. Like before I could do speed, you know, I could throw in a speed work every week for eight weeks, maybe even 10 weeks before I would peak, right? Okay. Now, it seems like it's much shorter. Now it seems like once I've done about six weeks of speed work, I need to have that big race, quote unquote. Yeah. Or if I keep going, what happens, I flatten out. Hi, my name is Pete McCall. And welcome to this special Mother's Day episode of All About Fitness. That voice you heard in the beginning is Sonia Friend Yule. It's a lot of fun to catch up with Sonia in this episode because besides being a mother, and that is the most important job in the world, besides being a mother, Sonia is a master trainer. She's a personal trainer. She's a running coach. Oh, yeah. And she just won a world championship. I'm not going to spoil that. I'm going to let her talk about the title that she just won. But one of the reasons why she's on this episode right now is I want you to hear what's possible. We hear all these excuses about, I don't have time for this. I can't do that. Or I don't have that. Sonia's in her mid-40s. She's a mother. She's a career woman. She's busy. I work with her. I know how busy she is. Yet she still found time to train and win an international championship in Masters Running. So on this episode of All About Fitness, it's a lot of fun to catch up with international track champion, master trainer, and most importantly, mother, Sonia friend Yule. If you're looking for that perfect piece of fitness equipment for your home or fitness studio, go to terracorefitness.com. That's T-E-R-R-A, corefitness.com, and check out one of the hottest new products on the market. The Terracore can be used as a bench, a step, you can use it as a HIT training tool. You can use it for metabolic conditioning. Whatever you want to do, you can do it on the TerraCore. Go to TerraCoreFitness.com. Use code AAF. That's AAF to save 10% on the purchase of a TerraCore. And to check out what you can do on the TerraCore, go to Instagram and check out TerraCore Fitness on Instagram. That's TerraCore Fitness on Instagram. If you need that perfect set of weights for your home, but you don't want a bunch of iron laying around getting in the way, go to hyperware.com and check out Softbells and Sandbells. Both Softbells and Sandbells provide a number of options for strength training, yet they do not do any damage to your home, office, or fitness studio. I mean it. I've been a big fan of Softbells ever since they were introduced. I use them in my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. You can check them out there. I'm a huge fan of the products. Both Softbells and Sandbells provide a number of fitness solutions, which is why I am so stoked they're a sponsor of All About Fitness. Go to hyperware.com, use code AAF10, that's AAF10, to save 10% on the purchase of any Hyperware product. Now, you do not have to be a personal trainer or fitness instructor to attend the Idea World Convention. This year, the Idea World Convention is happening in Anaheim, California from June 26th to 30th. And you'll be able to see, if you enjoy All About Fitness, if you enjoy a lot of the guests I have on here, guess what? You'll be able to see a lot of them at this year's Idea World Convention. Listen for after the interview, and I'll give you a special code that you can use to save a little bit of money on this year's convention pass. Again, that's Idea World 2019. I'm going to have a link below in the show notes. And listen to the end of the interview, and I'll give you a special code that you can use to save on this year's admission to Idea World.
I'm Pete McCall, all about fitness. I'm here with a good friend, Sonia Friend Yule. Sonia, can you let listeners know because you've recently done something that's really, really cool. What you recently returned? What did you return from, and what did you achieve? Well, I was, I'm just returned from Europe. I was in Torin, Poland, uh, f- two weeks ago. I was there for a full week competing with the USA Track and Field Masters team. So Masters is 40 and over, and it was the World Championships for uh, Masters Track and Field. So there's a just this powerful, awesome, large contingent of Masters runners. Um, it's global. And so there's national championships in each country, um, and then every other year there's an outdoor uh, world championship, and then the alternate years there's an indoor world championship. So this was the indoor world championship for 2019, and it was in Torin, Poland, which is about three hours from Warsaw. Cool. So. And, and how'd you do there? Because I mean, that's the thing. I mean, listeners, I've known Sonia for a few years, and, and I'm kind of, I don't think, you're not, you're shy, so you're not going to talk about it, but I mean, come on, this is really cool. Wait, yeah. What happened there? Well, I, I, was, I was very excited. I, um, I won. I was a world champion in the 800 meters in my age group, so I'm 48, so it was a 45 to 49-year-old age group. And the most exciting thing about that win was, because, you know, a gold medal is great and winning is great, but I like to run fast and I like to run well. Like forever, whatever my age is, you know, whatever effect that has on it, I, I like it when I know that I've done, I faced the challenge and, and come out on the other side and done a good job. So to me, what was great about that race in particular was that it was a fantastic race. Like I, um, I went into it, of course, you know, there's always a little bit of anxiety and nerves and that's a very big stage. So, uh, and I had went into it with a hamstring injury um, that was, you know, about, about 80, 80% when I got there. Thankfully, one of their um, physios uh, is fantastic, and she really helped that quite a bit. So by the time I raced, it was about 95% um, healthy. But I also was sick when I went there. I had actually caught, um, like, just upper respiratory uh, virus the week before, unfortunately. So I was coughing all night, every night, um, but I pushed through, and I had this fantastic 800 meters where I went in. The gun went off, and all the worry and anxiety went away, and I just went into, you know, go mode. Um, ran 217, which is a decent time. I, I led from wire to wire. The Australian was, um, she's a proficient, she's very good at the 400 meters as well as the 800 meters, so I knew she would have a kick, um, and I wanted to make sure that I took it out of her as much as possible. Nice. So we went out pretty, we went out in like 66, 67 for the first quarter, um, and I was still leading and I felt good even through 600 and then um, just knew I had to maintain my turnover to win. So I did. It was great. Um, and then in the, and two days later, I was second. I earned a silver medal in the 1500 meters. That one I didn't feel as dominant in for sure. Even if I had, even in second place, I didn't feel like it was as good of a race. Um, but quite honestly, I've struggled with that event this year. It's usually my best event, the 1500 of the mile. And this season, it's just been, um, it's been tough. It's been, I think because it's that five-minute barrier is mm-hmm. such a big deal, and I've always been able to break it since my freshman year in college. And this is the first season I'm really struggling to break five minutes in a mile. Um, and it's, uh, it's frustrating, and it's, um, it makes you kind of question, you know, okay, well, is this, is this the aging thing? Is this because... Because at some point that's going to happen, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to run for something anymore. Um, I haven't accepted that it's now, though. I think that there's some gaps in my training that occurred because of work, because of work travel. Because well, let's of, take a second. So, yeah. so for listeners, I mean, I, I know your schedule because I know yeah. you, you were we were at Ursa together, and then yeah. we only had a, you only had a small block of time. And Ursa is yeah. you know big trade show for the health yeah. industry. You travel a lot for work. 
you were sick. That's probably what got me sick with the plane ride home. Well, you won the 800, and and you won the 800. So it's like, okay, you're world champion 800. You came in second the 15. You didn't have the best race. That's where, you know what, you need to chalk it up and say, look look at at what you had done in the weeks leading up to that. And that's hard because when you're a runner and you're so focused on that, I think you so so like you know narrowed in on what you want to do that sometimes i think it's hard for you sonia to take a step back and look what you really achieved i agree like i love it for listeners sonia will run these open meets and she'll post these results on her like facebook and instagram and i'll talk to her and she, she'll be a little bit i don't want to say angry but you'll be a little bit but <laughs> she's running against women her she, that she could be there you know these are college students that you're running against and could you're be, coming you can say it i could be their mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're coming in middle of the pack you're yeah. finishing middle of the pack i mean yeah. come on i mean that is that is one thing. So when I, with this, Sonia, it's like you got the world title. You got that. You, I mean, come on. I yeah. mean, it's like you got to give yourself, you got to A, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. And B, just take a look at what led up to that and understand you were not in the right environment to run your best. I yes, mean, true. And I think that, um, but you know, I, I, guess, I guess my personality or what, I guess what makes me um, proficient and good in some things in my life including running, is also sometimes a double-edged sword where it's also my nemesis because um, what, helps, what, what makes me not satisfied with the result completely is what helps me push harder and be disciplined. And, but at the same time, you're absolutely correct. If we don't ever stop and take a rest and recover and say, wow, this is what I did. Look what I've done. You have to enjoy it as well. Because you, you also won. You have a couple. You have a world, one or two world records. I have, I have one world record. Actually, I have two world records. One's shared. So I have the mile world record for indoor track. It's 444.81. That's an indoor mile. And then I was on a 4 by 800 metered masters team that has, we set a new world record in the 4 by 800 for our 40 to 44 age group. So um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. So yeah, it, that's outdoor. That was outdoor track. But still, I mean, yeah, a couple of world records. You're still running. Yeah. And how, you you ran in college, right? So yeah. for for listeners, Sonia, you've had a long running career. You started since uh, I was Alexa's age. I was nine or ten years old when I started competing. Yeah, like AAU track meets. Yeah. You, you know, now we have USATF Junior, but it used to be AAU. And that's where I, start, I started with the 50-meter dash, believe it or not. So yeah. <laughs> come a long way since and what then. Are your prim- what are your primary events? You said 400, 800, 15. I, yeah, the, the prime two right now are the 800 and the 1,500 meters. Okay. It's interesting to me that um, at this age, at least, as I said, you know, the 1,500 has been a bit of a struggle, but my 800 is still flourishing, and my 400 is hanging on really well. So I just think I have more propensity for that speed endurance um, versus VO2 max right now. So that's yeah. what okay. my coach, Andrew Begley, he's um, one of the head coaches of the Atlanta Track Club. And we, we're, we're, I still race for Atlanta Track Club. So what we're working on now is trying to um, improve my VO2 max capability, my aerobic capacity, because we understand we've got, we, you know, we worked on speed quite a bit this winter, and that was yeah. with um, actually Coach Smoka and the FAU team, where I assistant coach. Um, you know, he's a very proficient speed coach. And okay. so we worked on a lot of fast stuff. And I would run with the, do workouts with the 800 meter girls. And I think that's why mm. I've maintained and been able to develop that speed over the season. But because of the traveling, because of different family obligations, um, my mileage has been lower than it would ideally be for a really good mile, like to be solid in the mile the last three months. Okay, yeah. And so right now, actually, that's what I'm working on. I'm getting my mileage back up to about 50 a week. And and a lot of those runs are like 
lactate threshold, some longer intervals. Um, I'm still keeping the short fast stuff in there once or twice a week, just very small portion of, you know, very small volume because you can't do both or you're going to get hurt. Yeah. But um, I, know where, I know where my Achilles heel is and we're, we're working on that. I, I would like to, I would really like to run under five again for the mile um, at least, oh, sure. one, I mean, at least once thing. more. But here's the thing. No, so, I'm, I'm sure you will be. And I'm sure you will be into your 50s. Yeah. It's just you got to look at your overall training load, workload, yes. everything else. And what's been – so have you been – as you've gone into your 40s and, and you're 48 years old, what's, what have you been doing to help you maintain your speed? Like you work with the Atlantic Track – you run with the Atlantic Track yeah. Club. You, you're a coach at FAU. Yeah. Like what's been – overall, like what's been your approach to maintaining this level, high-level performance? Um. I mean, what I've done well is surrounded myself with people who are better than me uh, and tried to work out amongst them as much as possible. Um, and I've also, I do something quick every week. I do something okay. fast every week. You know, I don't let seven days go by without, whether it's just fast strides, short, fast hill sprints, or, or work out on the track, you know. So um, I'm a big believer, and I've had many very renowned coaches say to me, as you age, if you don't use that speed, and you have to use it responsibly, but yeah. if you don't use it consistently, you will lose it. I, you, for number one, you said responsibly. Number two, you mm-hmm. said if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And that is, I think, the one thing for listeners is you didn't just jump in and start running no. in your 40s. You've been running for 30 years, some, right. 30 something years, yeah. as you said. So you've been able to maintain it. So the, the cool thing for listeners is if you maintain a high level performance or if you keep a high level performance, you can do it. And, yeah. and you're, I mean, Sonia is breaking world records. But what, what has changed in terms of recovery? Because we know that recovery is a huge component now. Yeah. And that's a conversation you and I have had gone, gone for a long time now. Yeah. What's been like, what's your go to when you can tell? Do you monitor, number one, do you monitor your work volume? Do you, do you keep a record of your, of your workouts? Yes. And then what's your go to when you start feeling yourself like you know you need to kind of like, down-regulated a yeah. little bit. Um, it, honestly, it's been a learning curve. Okay. Not just with the knowledge of and figuring out as, as my body's aged how to how to manage that, but also discipline. It's hard. Honestly, it's harder for me to rest and not mm. do harder things than it is to work do the really? workouts. I love the workouts. It's hard to discipline myself to run easy on easy days, mm. and then. Um, to not do too many speed sessions in, say, a two-week period, right? Yeah. So, but what I found is that, um, number one, I don't sleep enough. So okay. I'm working on that. Um, I, have, I have the Garmin Phoenix 5, and that's been really helpful monitoring my sleep with the app. Um, and also how many hours I need to recover, because obviously because of the heart rate monitoring. Um, well, does the, it measure, real quick, does it measure heart rate variability? Does it give you a guide on yes, variability? it does. And, how, and, what's that, and what's the benefit of that? Um, well, basically... It, when my resting heart rate is above what it considers now, my, it ran, monitors ah. it for 30 days. When my resting heart rate is above what it considers my average, it's going to want me to have more recovery. That's awesome. So it sends you a message? Well, yeah. It's, yeah when I look on the app, it'll tell me, um, and then it'll actually send me a notification on the watch, uh, you know, 24 hours of recovery recommended or eight hours of recovery recommended. And, and for listeners, heart rate variability is those individual, it's a space, it's the time between individual beats. 
when you have more variability between individual beats, you're more recovered, you're better recovered. And so the app, the watch and the app measure that. Right. And if you have less variability, if you have more space, the beats are closer together yep. and faster, then you're overtrained. So that yes. is so important. And, and how is it how is it to take coaching cues from a watch? How did, well, I mean, is, that, is that a little bit? I don't trust it entirely because okay. I know it can have it. I know there's a margin of error. Yeah. But you know what it does? It's like anything else. It's like when I coach my training or fitness clients with their weight management. It's a mark. And it makes me more aware of it and it keeps me more accountable to it. And it's consistent. And if you're doing the consistent, even though it might not be 100%, even though, exactly, you're comparing apples to apples, even though there might be, you're right, there might be a margin of error, you at least get some data. And that's the hard, do you think, I think that's the hardest part about athletes like yourself, Sonia, is you're so driven for your goals. You're so driven that now that we understand more about rest, that it's hard to get in that mindset that rest can help your performance. Because you're so used to work for 20-something years, 30 years, you're conditioned to working harder to get any results. And to have the scientists tell you now, hey, maybe take a little bit of time off. You know, how about... Well, and the other interesting thing with that that I'm still figuring out, and and honestly, I think my coach is with me, is that um, as I continue to age, especially as a female and I'm not in menopause yet, but okay. um, and I'm not even perimenopausal yet. Okay. However, hormones still play a factor, and they oh, yeah. are shifting. Yeah. I mean, like okay. it's coming at some point, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're shifting, and that's playing a factor on my energy levels and how I feel, and also um, how I peak is different now. Like before, I could do speed, you know, I could throw in a speed work every week for eight weeks, maybe even ten weeks before I would peak, right? Okay. Now. It seems like it's much shorter. Now it seems like once I've done about six weeks of speed work, I need to have that big race, quote unquote. Yeah. Or if I keep going, what happened? I flatten out. Yeah, you get that My function, central you get nervous that yeah. I, get, I flatten out. So I really have to keep an eye on that. And what I've learned is that all I need from that is about seven day, five to seven days off of no running and then another easy week of just mileage and then I usually bounce back. But I try not to go in that hole anymore now that I've kind of figured it out. Mm. You know, I try to mon- monitor that. Um, it, but, you know, it's like the last frontier. It's, it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's because aging now. athletes are like this cool... Like, we're not a new phenomenon, but we're still kind of... But, well, you, I mean, you're only a couple years older than Tom Brady. Ourselves. I mean, when you look at it, take a step back. You're only a few years older than Tom Brady, and you're, you're just about nine yeah. years older than Drew Reeves, and yeah. they're still competing at high yeah. levels. Now, do you do anything specific? Do you do, like, any cryo chamber? Do you use, like, uh, compression pants? Do you have any kind of strategies like that yeah. that you use regularly? I use the sleeves regularly. The Normatec sleeves? Yeah. Um, okay. If I think that, I mean, they make my legs feel better, so I'm assuming it, you yeah. know, and I, and I love Epsom salts baths. Oh, I probably you? don't take them enough, but that's really great. Okay. I love them. And I find that even just throwing in a cross training day, like mm. if my legs start to feel really heavy and I'm, but I'm trying to keep the mileage up or the aerobic capacity work up. Um, if I do a day on the elliptical mm. or deep water running, you know, with a vet, with a yeah. buoy, um, the next day I feel better again. Like my legs feel more bouncy again. So there's little tricks of the trade you can throw in there, but I'm and I love and I, of course I believe in foam rolling and um, a good massage. <laughs> yeah, that massage is always key. But have you have you done any cryo? Like right now, I if haven't done the cryo. See, that's where like that's where the tricky thing can be. I think Sonia, because yeah. I look at you 
And, and for listeners, you know, when Sonia and I work together, I consider you, I consider you like a thoroughbred. I consider you like an Arabian. <laughs> if you were a horse, you'd sell for millions of dollars. Yeah. You know? I mean, just because you, you've, you're such a high level performance. I'm, but, the, I'm the horse now that they ride next to the, the older <laughs> mare that rides next to the young horse to keep it calm. And then we both still race, but you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> but at the same time, but you're also a finely tuned engine. And that's where yeah. it's so, so with stuff, like when we talk about recovery and, and I make these suggestions like cryotherapy and stuff. I understand that in the middle of your race season, it's not the best time to try with that because you don't want to start missing. You don't want to start, you know, but you're not going to race at Daytona. You're not going to mess your engine up, True. you know, right before you go in the Daytona True. 500. But my suggestion would I'm be. I'm curious about it, yeah. Yeah, but, but for the next, like, for, if, if there's next a phase where you're going yeah. to, you're not going to be training as high of a volume yeah. or competing in an international event. Why not play with cryo a little bit? Because some you, of the data on it, it, yeah. What's that? You've done it. After yeah, that. some of the data you on it's pretty. And some do you the, feel better after. Here's the killer thing. I've only done it one time. So okay. the, the 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 theory on cryo is that when you're subjected, and cryo for listeners goes to negative three hundred degrees, and you're only exposed to it for about three minutes. But being exposed to that much cold that quickly, all the blood rushes into your center ah, mass. Okay. So that and that's the theory about like taking an ice bath is the blood comes into your center mass to keep your organs warm. Right, it's going to yeah. protect your organs, protect your heart. And so when you when you come out of there and you start coming back to warm, all your body's tingling because okay. all the blood went, went into your sure. body. Then now it's coming back out. And so the theory is it's going to bring it's going to bring oxygenated blood out to the extremities quicker. Okay, that's the theory. Okay. Now I did it once to feel it. It was there? I mean, I felt the di- I felt different, yeah. but over time, I would imagine repetitive exposures one or two times a week. Especially, you live in South Florida with, when it's like a hotter running season. Yes. If you're training for an event that you know is going to be hotter, I would look at using cryo as a way to kind of mitigate the heat stress too. Okay. As maybe like do one or two sessions yeah, a week. Yeah, um, there's actually a right in Boca, right in um, like a mile from my house. There is a a boutique that has the recovery. Yeah. So I was thinking about actually contacting them and see if they wanted to do some kind of partnership. For um, you? Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, I why not? post about it, you know? Because yeah. I'm curious to say, especially for masters, like it's, we, the recovery becomes so oh, important. And that's exactly it is for people. I'm getting, uh, so for listeners, I'm, I'm trying to arrange my schedule so I can go play an old boys rugby tournament. I'm over, I'm 46 now, so I'll qualify for 45 and over. And so that's like, if I, if I, if I go, it's going to be. That would be so fun. That's going to be, but it's going to be an Aspen. So I got to, I got to oh, have to work wow. on, you have to work on, on atmosphere or elevation too. Yeah. So now I have to know. So now I'm looking at it. It's in, you know, it's a few months out. And what I'm looking at is I got, we're here, we're about maybe 12 to 16 weeks out. So I'm already looking at that as like, okay, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play. I don't want to just show up and like yes. go through the motions. I'm going to train like I'm getting ready for what I used yes. to do when I comp- played competitively. Yes. You know, so I'm kind of already getting that mindset. That's the other thing I've noticed too uh-huh. about as of ages that um, I used to be able to go in um, and not feel completely ready. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I would still be confident because I knew what I could muster out of myself, if, that's, yeah. if that no, word totally. makes sense. It's a confidence. You're an athlete. And now... It's, I can't. Mm. I can't. I am no longer invincible. <laughs> I cannot do that. And so um, I, you know, I still have magic moments once in a while, but what I've learned is that um, I don't like to race vul- feeling vulnerable. Ooh, I don't okay. like it at all. But, but yet, and when I'm, I'm learning this from my, I'm still doing my mental work. And my I was mental about to ask next. Okay. I use an app called Lucid. It's phenomenal oh, cool. for me. And um, that's the one thing they actually talk about vulnerability. And they say, being vulnerable and opening yourself up like that is the only way you can really open up for a true victory, Mm -hmm. whether it's time, place, whatever, because that's where you're going to find out where you are. Like, Mm. can you still be in the present moment? Can you still push from that point? And can you still push through and stay positive? And their whole thing, what I love is that their premise is you're a human being choosing to compete. You know, I am not 
the race doesn't define me, yeah. even as much as I might try to absorb that. Um, so it's it's been really good to remember that. And but it takes a lot to well, put your foot on that line. And here's the interesting thing. So I interviewed you know? a while back, and I'll send you the link to it. But Dr. Tim Noakes out of South Africa mm-hmm. has a whole theory that that fatigue is an emotion. Yes. So as a runner, if you can learn, get in that headspace, that mindset, yep. that fatigue is an emotion, and that you can tolerate that fatigue. You're running a 1500 in less than five minutes. Yes. All right. So anybody, you can tolerate it. For for runners like yourself, five minutes of, of discomfort yes. is nothing. Right. Right. You just have to be at that level. Yeah. So besides that, like, how important is that psychological aspect? And so before the worlds, did you have anything specific you did before the worlds to help get you in that mindset? I listened to Lucid every day. I would do three or four. The, I mean, they're like four to five minute um, episodes. Okay. And I would do. Um, on my runs, I would play it on my warm-up or and, and on my headphones, and I would listen to three or four every day. I, I studied my competitors, mm. um, and I, I had a couple different race plans in mind. Did you watch film on them to see? No, nope, okay. I just I just I googled them all. <laughs> okay, no, but I didn't know if and, you watched video. And the on IAAF, um, the International Athletics something or other yeah. federation, they have we all all athletes that have ever competed in a, in a national world event. Um, we have they have our history, mm. so you can look up people's best, like Times lifetime best, yeah, okay. current season's best. So I would look that up, and so once I knew who actually confirmed for the meet, um, I decided on my final race plan. So I kind of knew going in, you know, I, I could study that, I could visualize mm. that. But so, well, how I mean, important if, is visualization? I was, but, I was nervous. But as how heck. important is that visualization? And and do you, I mean, how do you do your visualization? I mean, honestly. As long as your baseline fit, yeah. I think it is more than half the success. For somebody like me who's been doing this for 37 yeah. years and has raced as much as I have it at the highest level pretty much, um, having my mind right is almost more important than being as fit as I could be, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Because um, my body knows what to do. There's a lot of muscle memory there. Mm-hmm. And even in the race, I've noticed if I, need to, I just need to stay out of my own way sometimes because like in that 800, I was on autopilot. Like I was super nervous before the race and you're in this, it's just such an arena, you know, it's just such a, you're just on such spotlight and indoor track. It just can yeah. be very, it's very intense, yeah. you know? Um, but once the gun went off, I mean, I just go into autopilot. And so it's almost like I was operating outside of myself. Mm. In the 1500, the same thing happened. Even though I was already in pain by like <laughs> by 800 meters, I was already in quite a bit of pain, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and she was already, you know, about 30 meters in front oh, of me. Oh wow! They the had Japanese. It, yeah. um, but but I was I was making like I was kind of in a pack, and I just it's, I guess I decided I'm, I need to not be in this pack. I need to at least try to go after her. And I made a move at the appropriate time, and it was just again it's on autopilot. So yeah. if you've done the work. Even if you almost self sabotage, you know, self sabotage yeah. because you're so nervous or whatever it might be, you have a lot of anxiety. Um, if you've done the work prior, your you, the good part, your subconscious will take back over. And see, I think that's what people don't understand is because I did this for a while playing rugby, and then I can see, you know, I can see amateur runners doing this that that they get so kind of wound up about the competition, they get so amped up. Yeah. Then when that gun goes off, you you just you, if you're too amped up, if you're too anxious. 
then you've expended energy before right. the gun even goes off. Right. Where being relaxed, being in that mental state where you relax and going into a match, like completely relaxed. So right. once upon a time, you used to listen to Metallica. Now, yeah. I like, now I like listen to Eric Clapton. Like, you know, yeah. when I do go play tournaments now, yeah. I'll actually, I'll try to just quietly meditate and yes. relax, you know, before I warm up just to kind of like bring my, you know, get a parasympathetic yes. drive out. Because I know once I get warmed up, the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight nervous system will yes. take over. But what I don't want to do yeah. is I don't want to start my warm up already in an over anxious no. state. So personally, I've started listening to like more relaxing music yeah. and just chilling out before I start warming up. Well, and what I've found too is, uh, you know, they're the, if they weren't there, I would not be running as well. If they weren't there, there would be no world championship, yeah. right? Yeah. And I wouldn't run nearly as fast. So I try to go in now and I still like to study them because I, listen, it's still a race. Yeah. I want to be strategic. I want to race a smart race. But at the same time, I go in it with, um, we're there to help each other. Like, you know, yeah. we're there to help each other run faster. And at the end, it's anybody's game. Yeah. But that, but that we're there to make each other better. As I try to go in with that. What really, what, when I feel vulnerable, what it is, is um, it's just a fear of failure yeah. and of letting people down. So, like, USATF sponsored me to go because yeah. I had the world leading times. So I felt an allegiance to that. I had to perform for them. Um, you know, your, even your, friend, your, your friends have expectations of you. I left yeah. my family for a week. You know, so all of that's in my mind, like, you better make this worth it, girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it was more of that kind of pressure than, yeah. oh, I'm so afraid. Oh, I'm so nervous about so-and-so. It's more like the pressure I put on myself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's the harder part, hmm. you know. But, and even at this age, I mean, I've been doing this for 30-some years. You'd think I'd have it all figured out and not and just going along like yay let's go because I've talked to some some people who are like that now they're like I don't even get nervous anymore yeah. I'm like that's so cool yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter but it really is I've found it it's like you know the last time I played played an old boys tournament I was just I literally would, would just kind of relax I'd yeah. you know, listen to some Clapton listen to some Zeppelin and just kind of like be totally chill and yeah. it, it just made such a difference and you're right because what I noticed you know when I was younger and when I was playing I would rather play a better team that I knew we'd probably lose yeah. because your quality of competition is going to be much better. Yeah. And you get better. Sometimes I, I realize you get better in defeat than you do in victory. Yeah. You know, as an athlete, you know that if you got beat by 30 meters, okay. you got to be vulnerable to beat. Yeah, you got to. But, but now you know the next time you're in that 1,500 meter, you can you, you now have a drive. And I can tell you, for listeners, I can see Sonia, you know, watching Sonia's face and knowing Sonia <laughs> as well as I know her, I can just tell that that 1,500 meter is going to bother her. Yeah. I, I can tell. So we'll but be talking to you in two years when you get the world record in the 1,500. Or we get my the world next title. age by 50 to 54 <laughs> age group that's coming up but also I think that um, you know what else sometimes it's good to take a break from something like for me that's why I've enjoyed racing the 400 a little bit this season okay. because even though the 400 is so intense I don't really get nervous before it I just think it's so fun like because all I'm going to do is get out hard and run as fast as I can until yeah. for one lap <laughs> and, and, how, and, and what's the I average time you know, right, you know. um, this, I went 62 yeah, and then so, I went 63 so 60 seconds you can tolerate a minute of being uncomfortable but it's just like yeah. so ferocious and fast it's just awesome yeah. the 1500 it's this it's this monster of like strategy and you know, aerobic capacity, and, and I know it so well, it's almost like I know it too well, yeah. and I need to turn my brain off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so even stepping back from it for a little bit and focusing on some fun stuff isn't a bad thing. And that's idea. where I'm not a huge fan of running, but it is sometimes fun when there are the championships on or they do the Olympic qualifiers. I like the 5,000, the 5,000 meter and the 10,000 yeah. meter, like watching the last two or three wraps and the strategy and yes. seeing how the runners set themselves up. Yeah. That is like, you know, when you see that and yeah. you see the pacing and you see, that's when it gets fun, and that's yeah. when it gets a little bit – 
Absolutely. That's when it gets exciting for me. Now we're gonna wrap this up because I know we, we got dinner plans coming up. But recently there was, you know, there was wasn't there some controversy about? I saw you. There's a social media post that there's a woman competing at your level that has some controversy that she'd kicked somebody else or. Oh, uh, uh, it was. You said there's. You had run against her, or competed against her. Oh, and and so I was going to ask, how much does that happen at Masters? Because you're talking about the camaraderie, and I'm sure it's competitive. But is there is there anything like that? And because you talk about being drug tested, so I guess yeah. the question is, how much do you have to worry about like cheating and that gamesmanship yeah. and stuff running at these Masters events? Honestly, I I I don't see a lot of that at Masters. Um, the issue with that female is not. That happened in open okay. competition. She in I don't know how old she is right now. I think she's I think she's older than me. So she yeah, probably is a master. Names, but just but it has nothing to do with um, masters competition. She just, in my opinion, a poor sport. Yeah. It's poor sportsmanship. She she's tested positive for drugs. She's mm. still, as far as we know, um, is not honoring that. You okay. know, and uh, and she's a and she's yeah she she commits violations in the middle of races yeah that's right that's what your <laughs> she post was she gets in the middle yeah, of races cooking and pushing and that's, uh, that's like, and that's in a road race which is just insane yeah. because here's the thing middle distance racing you're, it gets a little physical yeah. and nobody's going to cry about that because we all know that's the deal there's yeah. going to be spiking there's going to be some uh, elbows like it just is what it is. As yeah. long as it's not you're shoving anybody. Just like for listeners, all of a sudden Sonya got in a little bit more. You're kind of in your tough yeah. girl stance. Yeah. I don't see your tough girl stance it's that often. Part of it, and uh, nobody means anybody harm. But on the same point, if you're not going to go faster, get out of my way. Like that's kind of yeah. the mentality. See, I like that. I like that attitude. Yeah, but no, that was completely separate. Yeah. And the drug testing and masters, you know, here's I'll be very honest and transparent. Um, I support the drug testing when they're going after something specific like a stimulant. Um, or steroid use or something yeah. like that. My issue with it in masters is for you know our 70, 80 year old men mm. who need some testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? 70, 80 year old. Or they guys. need um, yeah. you know whatever uh, DHEA or whatever that is, and they're being denied. So their health is going to suffer because they still want to compete. They, and USA Track and Field will say to them, "Well, then you can take it, but you're not going to compete at these meets." I don't think that's fair. I think there should be a clause, and I think masters are going to keep rising up against it because there's a lot of vocal. Yeah, because once you get over the age of sixty or sixty-five, you need T and GH to help the I think there should be a level that you can, if you need a supplement, but yeah. here's the level, and they can pick the age that that, that happens. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think in certain circumstances they go a little too far. I think USADA goes too far. Um, in the master's world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, I do support the drug testing. Of course, we should be clean. You know? Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's an important you know, component to have. Yeah. Now, for this, I mean, can you point to any one thing that you think has helped you kind of succeed like this in the last, you know, last couple of years? Because you know you do a lot of travel, Sonia. You yeah. know, for listeners, Sonia travels quite a bit. We we both work together teaching these conventions and workshops and stuff. So we're on the road quite a bit. But what's been like the one thing that's really that you feel is like helped you achieve this, this level of success? Um, honestly, I have a, I have a great support system. So it's fragmented, but it's there. And what I mean by that is number one, my family. I mean, my husband Brad is great. He, he you know. And I say he lets me travel, but he yeah. supports it and he take, he fills in the gaps when I'm not there. Um, I have a coach, you know, that's that's far away, but still supports me, and a, and a track club that supports me, whether it's with travel mm. funding. Um, they're behind me. That's Atlanta Track Club, and then FAU. I mean, I, I I live three miles from a track. I have a team that I get to travel with, and you know, I do what I can to help out. But honestly, they give as much to me as I give to them via support. So I think all that together combined with my drive to still want to do this um, and the master's community having a, hello, that's probably the biggest one, like having a venue, 
Yeah. You, you know, I don't, sure, I can still just compete in college meets, but I'm yeah. going to get crushed every time <laughs> now. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to have a community of people and, and how big, feel this is still worthwhile. Well, and how, how large? I was going. Well, that's one of the questions I want to ask. How yeah. large? You know, for your age group, and you're 46 oh, to 49, man. or 45 to 49. I'm 45 to 49. Okay, so and so 48. how many? So at these meets, like how many runners in the U.S. do you think are there? I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm just curious. I don't I mean, know much. When about When you look it. at the, we have something called MastersRankings.com. Okay. And it's global, but you can also separate it by country. Okay. But I mean, for global, like when you look at the 800 meters per, like in my age group ranked, I mean, there's 100 names on there. Oh, wow. We took over 220 team members to Turin. Oh, wow. Just from the U.S. alone. Okay. So, and that's just, that's just that's a small masters. portion that yeah. could travel. There are hundreds in the U.S., you know, so it's a big group. And, cool. it, and, that, and it's global. I mean, if you, if anybody ever feels like, um, just kind of demotivated or not inspired to continue with their athleticism or their workouts, Google Masters Track and Field and look at what you will be so inspired. I mean, there are, I'm not kidding, 85-year-old women out there running, racing the 60-meter hurdles. They're hurdling, and they look good doing it. Yeah. They're 85. I can't even hurdle in practice. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty well, impressive. And I talk about this on the podcast, but Sonia, you know, I'm, I'm a little, couple years younger than you. I'm 46, yeah. and I sprint now that my, my ankle's healthy and my knee's getting back again. I try to sprint one or two times a week. You know, yes. and it's like my goal is to be. I want to start racing masters track when yeah. I'm in my seventies. I have never been fast. You, it would be I awesome. have never. But you know what? If I maintain, if yeah. I can maintain where I am for twenty five years, twenty four years, yes, I know I'll see you at the masters track meets when I'm in yes. my seventies. And you know what? This community is amazing. The camaraderie. I mean, nobody cares. You don't have to be great. Yeah. You just have to have the. You have the desire to do it. There are people there that will support you, and they'll show you the way. I mean, when we when we were watching the men's um, the men's seventy to seventy nine, yeah. they were doing their eight hundred, yeah. and I mean, these guys are just coming around in their uniforms, you know. And I'm like, this is so awesome. The crowd was just going crazy for them. So there's a lot of respect. Huh. There's no. Maybe judging. I'll start a little bit younger. Maybe I'll start yeah, in the fifties. Yeah. You know, maybe there's I'm, no I'm judging. just thinking now, yeah. Yeah, and it's That's uh, cool. it's fantastic. It's a really. Gr- I'm so fortunate that my sport has that venue and I can keep going if I choose to. And now you work as a private coach, right? Do you do private coaching online? And how does that work? How do people find out about Um, that? They could go to www.therunningwarrior.com and I coach uh, runners anywhere from, you know, track obviously up to the marathon online and, and live if they live in Florida. And then I, for my my training um, and fitness coaching, it's fitwithsonia.com. Okay, so you do online Running stuff. Running Warrior and, and Fit with Sonya. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Sonia, I appreciate it. And congratulations on the, on the world title. That is so awesome. Thank and you. And I really appreciate it. And what, if people want to follow you on Instagram, because yeah. I love some of the posts that you put on Instagram, and you do everything on there from your race results to your family. Yeah. Oh, and congratulations on, on your older daughter. So oh, for listeners, your you. older daughter, where did she just get accepted? Gator. She's going to be at University of Florida, Gator. University yep. of Florida. And she got, it was. She got like because she got an academic scholarship. Academic right? scholarship. That yeah. is so cool. She's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fast. She's very smart. <laughs> so and that's yeah. that. That is so cool. So you did that. So you're a work. You you have a career woman. You have two kids. Your older daughter's getting ready to go to college, yeah. and you just won a world title. Yes. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I think if you want to put your feet up for a week or two. You can yeah, kind of do that. After, I'm glad to be going home after this conference, yes. Yeah, but, but I look at Sonia, I can say put your feet up for a week or two, but I'm looking at Sonia, and there's a gleam in her eye, there's yeah. a little glint in her eye, she ain't going to do it. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a little bit of rest. Yeah, theoretically, you know the benefit of it. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank oh, you, I appreciate it. Take care. 
whether you are a fitness enthusiast, a trainer, or instructor, you can join us this year at the Idea World Convention in Anaheim, California from June 26th to 30th and use code PEAT19, that's PEAT19, to save $30 off the price of this year's Idea World Convention. And if you do it before May 17th, you can take advantage of special early bird pricing. So before May 17th, use code PEAT19, you get early bird pricing, and you save $30 off the registration. After May 17th, just use code PETE19 and you'll save $30 off the registration for Idea World 2019. That was a lot of fun catching up with Sonia. And one of the reasons I wanted to interview her was to set it up because, you know, when we look at all this stuff out there, when we, when we look at people that, you know, talk about why they don't have it, why they can't exercise, one of the things that you hear is, I don't have time. I can't make time. I don't have time. Guys, listen, after talking with Sonia, I feel like I don't do enough in my day. You know, Sonia works. She travels quite a bit. She and I, we're master trainers for core health and fitness. Sonia does a lot of Star Trek, which is a treadmill work, obviously because she's very fast. Um, But we both do the high-intensity interval training with Stairmaster, which is one of the core health and fitness brands. But we've worked together maybe now five or six years. And part of our job is we travel the world teaching workshops teaching trainers how to use this equipment. So when Sonia does that, I mean, she had just been in, in Germany prior to being in Poland. She was in Germany representing Core Health and Fitness. And before that, she was in San Diego and she lives in Florida. So this is a woman who travels nationally and internationally for work, but also finds time to compete at a relatively high level. <laughs> she's not just doing a 5K fun run on the weekends. She's out there mixing it up. And I really invite you, follow her on Instagram because I mean this. One of my favorite things to do in the spring and summer is I'll check out I'll, I'll check out Sonia's feed and she'll complain about coming in like and she'll f- finish like fifth or sixth in a race against 20-somethings. She'll go to an open college meet and she'll race women young enough to be her daughter, literally, um, at 48 years old, and she finishes halfway through the pack. I think that's amazing. And what that says to me is there are no, time is not an excuse. What it matters is priority. If you make your health and fitness a priority, you do not. I want to emphasize that. You do not have to train. You do not have to try to be a world champion like Sonia. She is a freak. She's been doing this her entire life. You do not have to train to be a champion. That's not what I'm saying. But what you can do is take a look at your schedule, take a look at your life and say, okay, where can I find time Where can I find time to be active? It's not just about exercise. You don't need to go for a run. Take a walk around your neighborhood. Grab your kids. Walk to the park. Walk to the playground. And then put your phone down and play with your kids. If you do nothing else, do nothing else. If you start doing that for 15 or 20 minutes a day, walk down to your neighborhood park, play with your kids, be active with them, walk back home 15, 20 minutes a day, you know what, folks, in a few weeks, you'll feel better. It's not just about losing weight. It's not about having a certain appearance. It's about how you feel. And you can use exercise to slow down the aging process. I'm serious. I I am not a master's. Well, I play master's rugby. I I compete in master's rugby, but I don't compete in track. But I sprint enough, and I'm not fast. I know that. Um, I, I do want to start doing master's events when I get a little bit older because, look, other people my age are getting slower. Other people my age aren't working out. But I plan on working out well into my 70s, 80s, 90s. Hell, they'll probably put me in the, they'll have to put me in the ground with a kettlebell in my hand. And I'm serious about that because as I go older, I am not backing off on intensity. You know, you heard Sonia talking about her training. It's not about backing off on the training, but it's about being smarter. Now that we're a little bit older, we know how to train a little bit smarter. It's not just slamming our head into the wall six days a week. You know, look, when I was in my 20s, I was playing rugby. I trained hard every day. 
and I know I was overtrained. Now that I'm in my 40s, I still stay in shape. I still work out very hard. Two, maybe three days a week. Literally. You know, the two, maybe three days a week are my hardest workouts. Every other day, just, just nice and easy, kind of moderate. If you want to learn about that schedule, you can pick up my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. I go into how you plan a schedule for your life, and I teach you how to alternate the intensity of exercise so you don't need to do high-intensity everything. There's my plug, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. Buy it. It'll be in the show notes. But back to your plan. You don't have to train it to be a world champion. You don't even have to try to. But what you should do is try to find that time in your schedule of when you can get out and be more active, when you can get out and do the things that you want to do, when you can get out and enjoy things with your family. I wanted to interview Sonia because I want you to hear that it's possible. It's possible to have a career. It's possible to be a parent. And it's possible to do the things that you enjoy. You can hear the joy in her voice when she talks about competing. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but she likes being fast. That's going to keep her motivated. And being around people like that keeps me motivated. Having them as guests on my podcast hopefully helps you stay motivated. And I mean it. Come to Ideal World. You do not have to be a trainer. You do not have to be an instructor in order to get some great benefits. If you're a fitness enthusiast, if you love exercise, if you like to sweat, Ideal World is a place to go. There'll be a link for it in the show notes. You can use code PETE19 to save on admission for it. It is going to be a great place to learn everything you thought you wanted to know or didn't know you needed to know about fitness. Thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.